One of the unique characteristics of the Jewish nation is the simple fact that we can find Jews almost in every corner of the world. There are Jewish communities in about 100 countries on five continents, and they share a fraternal kinship and a deep sense of common history and even vision that transcends their shared religious beliefs. That is so, even though Jews are scattered and have embraced the cultures of the lands in which they live, and they speak many, many different languages. I'm Dr. Afrat Sofa, and today in Jewish World, a podcast by the World Jewish Congress Israel, we'll discuss the modern meaning of the ancient phrase, Kol Israel arevim all Jews are responsible for one another. We'll talk about what brings together Jews all over the world, focusing on small Jewish communities and on one unique organization, Heroes for Life. We'll talk with its founder, Gili Cohen, and hear from Hadassah Getstein from WJC Israel about her special perception of this subject. Jewish World, a podcast by the World Jewish Congress, Israel. Connecting Israel to Jewish communities around the world. Gili Cohen is the founder and the CEO of Heroes for Life organization. In 2014, he had a very special idea and since then worked to make his dream come true. Gili, could you please tell us about Heroes for Life? What does the organization do? Yes, Afat. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. Actually, the organization sends 17 humanitarian delegations every year to 17 different countries all around the globe, staffed by Israeli backpackers. You know, there are 400,000 Israeli backpackers traveling every decade to developing countries as part of their post-army trip. In Israel, when you say the big trip, everybody knows what it means. You know, to do the big post-military trip um, to developing countries, to clean your head after the long military service. So the idea behind Heroes for Life is to leverage this tremendous amount of 400,000 Israelis every decade, traveling to developing countries, to use them um, in order to show the world the beautiful face of Israel and its spirit around the world, and to do act of good, to do the world of being a better place. And could you give us an example of a recent activity? Actually, in this very moment while we are speaking, there are three different delegations of Heroes for Life all around the globe in Peru, um, Colombia, Ecuador, um, staffed by almost 200 Israelis uh, working at this very moment in those countries, um, repairing, fixing, teaching, doing whatever they can in order to make the world being a better place. And we finished uh, another uh, five delegations in the past few weeks to Uganda, Ethiopia, um, Brazil, uh, you name it. So um, actually it's amazing to see um, the impact of their work um, all around the globe. When did you found this organization and where did you get this splendid idea? It all started um, approximately 10 years ago. I finished my military service um, at the IDF. I served for almost 10 years um, as an officer in the Duvdevan unit. And for my wife, the service was a bit too complicated, very complex for her. So we decided to do the Israeli tradition and to go to the Tiul Gadol, the big trip, after completing my military service. And we decided to go on a trip to Thailand. Um, I wanted to go for four months. Uh, my, my wife told me, Gilly, not more than two weeks because we have the little daughter in our home. So we must come back earlier and tell her, Rachel, four months. She told me, Gilly, two weeks. So like in every negotiation, good negotiation between the husband and his wife, we decided to go in the middle two and a half weeks. 
Um, and we went on a trip to Thailand, um, you know, and for me it was very strange. No matter where you go, you see that all the signs in the streets are in Hebrew. In Hebrew, in English, and the local language. Um, after a few days, we decided to move to a um, little island called Koh Samoy, um, south to Bangkok. And we went to the Chabad house over there. So, you know, we tried to get in the Chabad house, but we didn't manage to do it because there were so many Israelis trying to get in the Chabad house. I told my wife, Rachel, let's come back and we will return uh, 45 more minutes to the second round. Um, and we came back in the second round. There are another 800 Israelis. And we came back in the third round with almost 80 Israelis. And we sat down um, and I told to my wife, Rachel, Rachel, do you understand what is going on over here? And she told me, I wanted to eat two hours ago and we didn't eat. I said, no, Rachel, do you understand what is going on over here? That in this very hall, we are more than 1,500 Israelis sitting in the Chabad house of Kosamoy Island. While at the same time, we both know that in this very moment, also in Kopangan, the next island, there are hundreds of Israelis. And the Chabad house in Bangkok is not only one floor, it's three floors. And we didn't speak about the Chabad house that we have been before um, in uh, Kosamoy. So for me, it was, it, this is only in Thailand. What is going on in this moment in Nepal? And what about India? And this is only in the Far East. What is going on right now in South America? There are so many Israelis traveling to the poorest countries in the world and nobody does nothing about it. So I felt like, really like, what a shame. Um, you know, the Israel, the Jewish people who are supposed to be a light unto the nations. We are traveling to those countries anyway. And nobody does nothing about it. So the idea behind Heroes for Life was um, to establish, um, to fund an organization that will leverage this tremendous amount of Israelis traveling to developing countries and to persuade them to give a short period of time of their trip to local communities in need in order to do the world being a better place and to show the beautiful face of Israel around the world. And when I came back to Israel, I have understood that there is another incredible infrastructure that I didn't realize at the time. That there is not only about 400,000 Israeli backpackers. There are only millions of Jews all around the globe seeking for connection with Israel. So the idea was to connect between those unique and incredible infrastructures to volunteering. They are already there. The Israelis are already there as part of the trip. The Jews are already there because they are living there. So why don't we enable them to volunteer together, shoulder to shoulder. The Israeli backpacker, the Israeli released soldier from the army, the Israeli backpacker, alongside with his brother, the youth of the local Jewish community in Colombia, for example, and to volunteer together um, in some local um, needy community to show the world the beautiful face of both Israel and the Jewish people, to represent the spirit of the Jewish nation, and also to increase the connection between the Jews in the diaspora and with Israel. The example of Thailand that you just gave is um, pretty amazing because just looking at the number of, there's a tiny Jewish community there. I've, I've read that there are approximately a thousand Jews in the permanent Jewish community. So the number that you quote of Israelis coming to help out for Shabbat dinner is absolutely astounding. What's the impact of the delegations? So 
Speaking about the impact of the Jews themselves, it's incredible. 75% of the youth of the local Jewish community. Speaking about dramatically increase of their sense of pride in the Jewish state, in Israel. They are feeling more connected with Israel and with the Jewish people. Um, this is about uh, increasing the connection between the diaspora Jewry and Israel. Um, but at the same time, you know, if we are speaking about the, the Tikkun Olam, I want to give you a short example from Uganda. Um, we finished our last delegation to uh, uh, Uganda a few weeks ago, and we spoke with the local principal of the local school in Uganda. Um, and we asked him, George, what do you, what do you want from us? What, what, how can we help? And he told me, you know, Gilly, we need more classrooms because there are a lot of students, there are a lot of teachers, but we cannot enable them to be part of the um, educational system because we have no room um, to host them in the school. So, you know, to see his face after two weeks when we build a new classroom uh, for the students, uh, for us, it's like, you know, literally to do tikkun olam. With a huge amount of chesed as well, of, of loving kindness at the same time. It's uh, absolutely encapsulated there. I want to ask you an odd question. What does the phrase kol Israel arevim ze baze mean to you? You know, for me, kol Israel arevim ze baze, it's not just, you know, a phrase. It's, it's everything about yours for life because we are now speaking about the World Jewish Congress, okay, for example. So, Everywhere we want to volunteering in, every new country that we need, it's just an incredible and unbelievable to see the support we get from the local Jewish community. For example, now if you want to um, open a new delegation to Colombia, for example. So my first call is for the local uh, office of the World Jewish Congress in Jerusalem to Oranit. And telling her, Oranit, we want to establish, want to open a new project in Colombia. Within less than... 24 hours, I'm speaking with the head of the Jewish community. And his answer, no matter when, Colombia, India, you name it, his answer is always the same answer. Gilly, whatever you need, whatever, no matter what you need, we will be here for you. If you want to accommodate the volunteers, we will accommodate them here in our sports center. If you want to, uh, to find a connection with the Ministry of Education in Colombia, we will do it for you. We will supply also volunteers from the local Jewish community. Whatever you need, we will be here for you. So for me, um, you know, call Israel Aravim I like feel it literally, no matter where, when we go, no matter if in India, in Colombia, everywhere we go, the Jewish community, you feel like they're, sim- you know, you're like, your own, like your brothers. Um, this is exactly what we feel. So your whole organization is actually based on the idea that we as Jewish people can find members of the tribe all around the world. Exactly, you know, Um, the Jewish people know how to feel like we are connected uh, with shared threat. When someone wants to hurt, trying to hurt us, we know how to feel connected one to each other. The idea behind Eros for Life is to allow us feel connected under shared vision. Not under shared threat, but under shared vision. I think we have an incredible vision, a very old one, uh, before 3,000 years to do the world being a better place, to be a light onto the nations. Um, so for us, it's really amazing to see how we can strengthen and to deepen the connection between the diaspora and with Israel um, by actually just doing act of good. And do you get responses from the Jewish communities you're working with about your activities? What are their views about your organization? You know, I want to tell you a story about the 
head of the Jewish community in Guatemala. Um, he told me once, you know, Gili, for the whole year we are only busy and focusing in protecting Israel, to explain why Israel is good. And you, every year, you give us the opportunity not to protect Israel, but to be, but to be proud of Israel. So I think it's, it means a lot about what Tears for Life actually does. And what are the goals of the organization? If we could wave a magic wand and, and see what you see for the next 10 years, and what are your personal goals? Today, we send every year 15 humanitarian delegations to 15 different countries. Our dream is to remove the N. Instead of sending 15 humanitarian delegations, to send 50 humanitarian delegations to 50 different countries, to work with 50 um, Jewish communities uh, all around the globe, to turn Israel to be a global superpower, not only of high-tech or agriculture, to be a global superpower of chesed, of volunteerism, um, and at the same time to show the beautiful face of both Israel and the Jewish people around the world. Um, in this case, actually, my personal thing that I want to fulfill are exactly the same like in the organization, um, to do whatever I can to turn Israel to be the global power, a global uh, superpower of chesed, all around the world. Gilly, I want to wish you the very best of luck with this dream. And may you go from strength to strength. Gilly Cohen, founder and CEO of Heroes for Life, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Efrat. You're listening to Jewish World by the World Jewish Congress, Israel. Another view on Kol Yisrael Laravim Zebazeh comes from Hadassah Getstein, chairperson of the World Jewish Congress Israel and a member of the WJC Steering Committee and a participant in the activities of Heroes for Life. Hadassah grew up in a small Jewish community in Brazil and made Aliyah when she was 10. Her life story ascribes to her unique position in relation to the small Jewish communities around the world as one who can understand and relate to both sides of this relationship. As an Israeli, but also as a Jew from a small diaspora community. Welcome, Hadassah. So wonderful to have you here. Hi, Efra. Thank you. Can you describe to us how your early childhood shaped your Jewish awareness? What does it mean to grow up in such a place? So, hi, yes. Uh, growing up in a small Jewish community in the diaspora is very different. The community is very small and the entrance to maintain Judaism and a Jewish identity is very important to the families. We grew up learning about it in schools, in Jewish schools on Sundays and on many activities. And, you know, maintaining Judaism and the community together is a very hard task and they are working very hard to do so. In a sense, and this is something that I've heard a lot from Israelis who move to other countries in the diaspora, there's a greater awareness of Judaism in the diaspora than there is in Israel. Is, has that been your experience? Exactly. It's very different. When you meet a young Jewish Israeli and you ask about Judaism in Israel, their answer will be totally different from someone who grew up in a Jewish community outside of Israel. Because the emotions, the waiting... The love for Israel is something that you grew up with, and sometimes Israelis don't really get it. Do you remember your first time in Israel? What was it like compared to the small community you grew up in? Well, uh, yes, I was 10 when I came to Israel. 
Uh, and when my parents told me that we are moving to Israel, me and uh, my siblings, uh, it was like a dream come true. My friends in school here where I grew up, uh, they also made Aliyah and came from different countries. And we share the same views. But when I met young Israelis in high school or in the army, their views were totally different. How were the views different? Well, they don't understand how or what it means to be a Jew outside of Israel. They don't know the anti-Semitism that is going on. They don't know what it's like to walk on the street on Shabbat or Chag. Where here you walk outside or in the streets, it's obvious it's Shabbat for everyone. Outside of Israel, it's not like that. When it's Friday, you have to remember to come home for Shabbat or, well, I forgot it's Yom Kippur today. You have to work hard to remember all the Jewish traditions. So yes, it's different. We just spoke with Gili Cohen about his organization, Heroes for Life. What is the importance of this organization to the relationships between Israel and the diaspora, in your opinion? One of our main goals here at the World Jewish Congress is to straighten the connections between the diaspora Jews and Israel. We saw a lot of potential in Heroes for Life to connect those young Israelis to the Jewish communities. We have a win-win situation here. We have these young Israelis who have no idea what it's like to be a Jew outside of Israel. Most of them never even met one. So there's a big opportunity to tell them about the challenges these communities have, and they can see for themselves and experience these different Jewish lives. And the other side of this is, of course, the communities. For them to host these young Israelis for two weeks is amazing. So we have a win-win situation for both sides, and it's, it's incredible and very emotional to see this happen. So, Hadassah, if we could just talk numbers for a moment, just to get a sense of the perspective of size. If you could talk us through what you see as a small Jewish community and a large Jewish community. Uh, so, yes, of course, uh, when we are talking about a big community, uh, of course, the U.S. have more than five million, five and a half. Uh, in the U.K., we are talking about 300,000 Uh, Brazil, um, 90,000, but, you know, altogether, Brazil is a big country, but they have different cities and different countries. We're talking about smaller communities than that. In Guatemala, 2,000. But uh, again, um, there are communities in cities that are very far from each other. So we're talking about, you know, communities with even hundreds of people. So therefore, the impact of the Israelis coming through in the Heroes for Life delegations would be enormous. And this is where I think both of you make an excellent team because you, Hadassah, of course, have the advantage of knowing both sides of this equation. Maybe you can describe for us what it's like for a young woman in Brazil to see a young Israeli who comes to her community. So um, we are not talking about the big communities in the U.S. or London or Paris, uh, we are talking about small communities in places that are far away, far from Israel, I mean. <laughs> and I'll explain. For them, when they go to school or kindergarten, all they talk about is Israel and Judaism and the Torah. So they are talking about it all the time, but they have never seen other Jew or Israeli. And if their parents don't have the means to travel to Israel, 
they will never have the chance to see Israel in their own eyes. So they are talking all the time about the army and the history and Holocaust, of course, and they feel very proud that we have a Jewish state and a Jewish home. And then when they first meet an Israeli, it's literally like a dream come true for those children. Just a dream come true. I'm touching someone that went to the army. It's like that because you grew up worshiping so much and learning about it that it's very emotional and important for those communities. It sounds as if these communities really do look up to Israel, which I would assume comes with responsibility. Is there anything that we as Israelis are obliged to do as a result of this responsibility? Well, um, I think the obligations are obvious, and there are many organizations and programs connecting Jewish people to Israel. We have the Sukhnut and Taglit and, and many similar programs. But, um, you know, the state of Israel has just to be here. You know, it's important for them to know that Israel is here for them. And then Israel is the home of the Jewish people all over the world. I don't think they're a specific task, but I just, you know, to be here for them. They are choosing not to live in Israel and that's okay and that's their choice. But it's very important for us and for them to keep this bond between the communities because that's the continuation of the Jewish nation around the world, not only in Israel. Indeed. And why is this subject so important? We can, we can see how important this is for you personally. And why is it so important to the World Jewish Congress? So I think that in Israel, Israelis don't truly really understand what it means to be a Jew outside of Israel. I'm not going to enter, you know, Israeli politics here and the disagreement and different views that we have about Israel and what Israel should do. I'm talking about the importance of Israel for the Jews around the world and about being a Jew outside of Israel. That specifically, Israelis don't truly understand So we're talking about anti-Semitism, we're talking about maintaining Jewish values and Jewish lives, Masoret, holidays, that are not on their daily day awareness. They're going to work, like I said before, and it's Shabbat, or going to the market, and it's Yom Kippur. They have very different challenges. They need more security because of anti-Semitism. They need help in education. They need teachers. And, you know, they have marriage outside of Jewish communities. So they lose Jewish identity. So it's very challenging and different from what we know here in Israel. When you walk in Tel Aviv and ask what it is to be a Jew in Colombia or Guatemala, like Gili was saying, nobody knows. With Heroes for Life, we have the opportunity to let them see and experience it for themselves. Yes, it's, it's different. So it's much more meaningful than that. And what, what do you want to happen in the next 10 years in relation to those Jewish communities that we can see you care for so much? So there is no right or wrong answer here. Of course, I can say I really want all Jews to make Aliyah and live in Israel. But I'm not naive. <laughs> and uh, I know there are always going to be Jews outside of Israel. The connection should be stronger and stronger, and we should work together for that. We should work together to maintain and preserve the Jewish communities and Jewish way of life outside of Israel and not let it dissolve. Hadassah, you're the first woman 
to be chair of WJC Israel. What are your personal goals relating to your position in the WJC? Where do you see yourself in this area in 10 years' time? Um, yes, so I'm very excited for, for that. Uh, I have volunteered in the World Jewish Congress for seven years already, and of course I want to continue. I think we are doing a very good job with lots of different programs and projects like Heroes for Life. Uh, here's an opportunity to thank uh, President Lauder uh, for allowing us to do so. Uh, and we, of course, can do more. And we want to make the connections, you know, even better. Uh, the connection to Israel and make sure that, you know, they know that we are here for them. And Israel is a home for the Jewish people all over the world. Hadassah Gedstein, my friend, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. I would like to sincerely thank both of our marvelous guests for joining us. And I would also like to thank all of you, our listeners, for tuning in. Please join me for our next episode in the WJC podcast series. Jewish World, a podcast by the World Jewish Congress Israel. Jewish World is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Subscribe for updates on new episodes.